And good evening. It's April the 23rd. It's nine o'clock. It's it's warm. It's Chicago. We're in Chicago. This is Transmit. Here we go. Good evening, everyone. It's uh, good to be back. My name is Gomo, your host. This is the show we call Transmit. It's uh, As I said, it's April the 23rd, coming to you live from the Aeon Building in downtown Chicago, Illinois. It was uh, 75 degrees today. V. 
very lovely day. Uh, we got all of the uh, hardware set up here, all of the computers, all of the blue lights, blinking things, laptops, cables, stuff like that. Uh, it's been quite a while since I've done this show, uh, and that's not because I've been lazy or I haven't uh, wanted to do the show. Uh, and I'll share some of that information uh, here with you. Uh, if you hear me grunt, uh, I, I'll explain why that why you're <laughs> you're hearing me grunt. Uh, about uh, 17 days ago, uh, I woke up in the morning with a little uh, a, a minor you know pain in my lower neck, and uh, you know, I just thought it was you know slept on it wrong. And so throughout the day, uh, it just started to get worse and worse and worse. And then by the time I got, uh, by the time I left the office at the end of the day, uh, it was really bad. So, you know, I start cranking up on some, some Aleve tablets and whatnot. And um, it just, uh, you know, went to bed. Thought I'd sleep it off. And so uh, the following day, which was a Wednesday, I woke up in even more pain. Uh, and this time it was, it, it felt like it was growing actually from my lower neck to my left shoulder. And uh, of course, you know, I <laughs> had a ton of things on my calendar and schedule for that week. So uh, I, uh, I just tried to combat it with a lot of over-the-counter medications, yada, yada, and Went to sleep Wednesday, kind of laid around screaming in pain. And uh, long story short, uh, I was out for a couple weeks. I was down, but not out. And uh, so um, about 15 years ago, I was diagnosed with a condition called fibromyalgia. And it's, uh, you know, you could just kind of Google that. And basically, uh, the, the, uh, I had what, you know, what was basically a flare up. And, uh, so it got worse, worse and worse over the period of two weeks. And, uh, I used to take medication for it years ago, uh, for you, for a long time, I took medication and, uh, Recently in December, late December, I stopped taking all medication for it, uh, you know, because I, I, I'm at the point to where I live and lead a uh, healthy life, around, we'll call it a 90% healthy life. And so, uh, you know, I, I thought nothing of it. But after two weeks uh, of nothing getting through to it, uh, multiple visits to the doctor, each time explaining to the doctor my condition uh finally and, and of course i wrote my old doctor off you know because seriously i hate doc yeah you know i i don't hate doctors but i i just i don't like to be under treatment for that long and so uh long story short i was able to get a hold of uh the proper medication and i began treatment uh last sunday by monday i was sitting up by wednesday i was able to go back to the uh office and here I am, uh, 17, 18 days later. And uh, so it's not completely gone. Uh, it's it's about 
80% contained. It's still in my left arm. And uh, basically what it feels like is a 600-pound lumberjack squeezing you whenever, uh, you know, intermittently, and it, and it hurts like hell. But uh, So that's, what's, what, that, that's what, where I was. That's what I was dealing with. And seriously, it was, it was tough. And so I'm laying, I'm laying up, completely laid up. I have like 30 pillows, you know, I'm contorted in a, in a, in a odd sense and of direction. And I, uh, I, just, I don't know. It was just, it was insane. Completely bananas off the wall. And the, and the toughest thing is when it initially happened, I went to, um, this this one doctor and he's smiling at me right so i'm like in a, a thousand degrees of pain and this one doctor uh, you know he's young you know the kind of doctor i need you know has a few phds on the wall and so this one doctor he's fresh out of med school it seems and he's like oh you well you know just be happy and you'll feel better <laughs> um shaking my head you know limping out still in pain crazy right so what's been going on with you uh you know I, well, you know is your spring and summer or is your spring coming to you as you would have wished it's certainly arriving here in the uh chicago area you know it's everybody in chicago loves summer and spring because in my opinion seriously i think we have some of the best summers uh, in the world. You know, it's nice and cool on a summer day. Shit like that. Uh, so I was able to get up. <laughs> I was able to get up and walk around by Wednesday, as I said. And uh, all of us in the Philosophers Club here in Chicago, we were all able to get together last Wednesday evening. Wanted to say thanks to Jaina. Thanks to Dave. Say hey to Dave M. What's going on, man? Uh, and everybody at the Philosophers Club. Uh, for those that didn't show up, uh, you know, it was, uh, don't worry, it was a nice little gathering. We uh, all, <laughs> we all cooked, or Dave, Dave cooked, uh, or Brother Sand, sorry, Brother Sand uh, made hot dogs on the grill, and that I think that was the best part of the evening. Becky brought over some uh, great cupcakes. Thank you, Becky. Those were amazing cupcakes, gluten-free. And that's why I gained four pounds. So that was uh, that was fun, Jackie. Hopefully uh, we are able to see you at the next uh, Philosophers Club meeting. Had a great time, everybody, seeing, seeing everybody. Hi, John. And again, thanks to Jaina. Jaina, thank you. Uh, and so we had a great time. Everybody, we sat around, bullshitted, talked about life, what's going on in life, where things are going, yada, yada. And I'm always, uh, you know, there's uh, a friend of mine at the uh, meeting. His, his, I'm not going to use his last name, but John. Uh, is from L.A. And uh, he's he's coming up through the IT sex world and uh, I wish him the best him and his family of course 
it's good to talk to somebody at these kind of gatherings that really knows what what I'm saying, you know, because sometimes, you know, it's not like I'm some sort of introvert or anything, but it's it's good to it's good to talk tech my sort of way. And uh, John understands that. And so that's refreshing. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Uh I was getting off the train uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, yeah, before my injury, and I was getting off the train. I had stepped off the train, and uh, I found a, a there was a phone just sitting right there on the uh, on the platform. So uh, you know, someone must have had it in their pocket and uh, fell out. So I did what I could. Uh, it, it was a nice iPhone six S. And so uh, I tried to call the owner. I left the, the phone on uh, for an extended period of time. And, you know, there was no, there was no anything on that. Uh, and so I, I uh, took it to Apple Care or to the Apple people and uh, said, listen, you know, I found this phone and uh, maybe you can pull the information off of it to return it to its owner. So the um, genius at the bar uh, took the phone from me, went to the back, uh, com conversed with several of his colleagues while they all looked at me in a suspicious way, uh, smiled, nodded, uh, <laughs> Looked like somebody shook a hand, uh, and he came back, and so he connected it to a computer and uh, did some diagnostics on it, whatever, and uh, disconnected it, brought it back to me, and he said, "Sir, uh, there's no owner uh, attached to this account. However, it's locked." So I sort of shook my head, you know, because I kind of know my way around the Apple ecosystem and all of that stuff. And so he said, well, it's locked, but we can't identify the owners. So handed it back to me and he said, well, it's, there's really nothing you can do with it, sir. Have a good evening. So, you know, I don't like to uh, stop there. So at that point, I, I took it as a uh, recommendation that, well, uh, that you can't find the owner. Well, it's mine. So that's what, that's what it became. And so uh, this was just... Uh, what was this? This was Thursday that I went to the Apple store and uh, discovered this new revelation. So I did a little digging. You know, I played with the phone. Everything works. The, the entire phone works. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, but uh, it's locked. And Apple can't unlock it and won't unlock it. They say they can't. And I believe them. So what's the next step? Well, you can't, you know, if you can't get into a locked iPhone, you can't get into a locked iPhone. But... There are options, uh, and I want to share that with you. So what you can do is replace if, – if you run into this sort of situation where <laughs> hopefully if you find a, a, a late model iPhone or iPod, you do everything you can to return it to its uh, rightful owner. But after a specific amount of time or situations, and, you know, such as mine, of course, you discover that there, the owner cannot be found or located – or the phone cannot let allow its owner to find it or locate it. So at that point, what what happens? It just sits in a drawer. <clears throat> uh, but we, you know, I did a little digging, of course, and found out that you could replace the mainboard logic board 
on an iPhone, and then at that point, well, your uh, your iPhone uh, it, it's like a brand new iPhone, and so uh, we looked around for a uh, mainboard logic board motherboard that is factory unlocked, and that's what you have to do. So uh, we've we have ordered. The main board, logic board, motherboard, uh, that is factory unlocked, and it's on its way. And we also ordered a tool set, and we are going to take apart this uh, iPhone and replace the main board, logic board. So I watched a few videos on YouTube, uh, and I'm quite confident that I'm able to uh, accomplish this test. So I'll keep everybody updated on that. It's certainly a way to regain use of a modern iPhone. Just replaying the, you know, it's, listen, folks, the, you know, uh, smartphones, smart devices are just, they're, they're pocket computers. So uh, if, if you're old enough to remember uh, old school PC computers, you will remember that they cannot work unless they have a motherboard, right? So same concept with a mobile, mobile device, mobile phone. If you replace the motherboard, well, yeah, yeah well, you pretty much got a brand new uh, machine, right? So that's what uh, we've done, we're going to do, and uh, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. And again, I did everything I could to find the original owner. You know, so while I was out, you know, I <laughs> WikiLeaks released all kinds of information about the um, CIA and how they spy on people. One of the interesting devices or uh, things that came out of the whole dump is a uh, something called Weeping Angel. And basically what this does is it allows the CIA to exploit vulnerabilities in Samsung products, which allow, uh, allow the CIA to turn any phone or smart TV into a listening device. Uh, and it's, 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 you know, you know, there's, there's a lot of things coming out of the, the, you know, uh, out of the leak uh, department, I suppose a lot of the insiders of Washington and even even people in the CIA NSA uh, have determined that they have a mole, and uh, there is totally a mole. You know, and of course, if you haven't heard of WikiLeaks, they are uh, famous for publishing over two hundred fifty thousand State Department cables. And U.S. military uh, cables from the Iraq and Afghanistan uh, experience. It led to the direct imprisonment of Chelsea Manning, who is due to get out soon. Uh, and it was released by you know you know WikiLeaks is run by. Uh, Julian Assange. Julian Assange was supposed to actually show up at the 2010 Hope Conference that I attended, and so he was a big no-show. Said he was uh, afraid of coming to the United States back then. And some of the interesting aspects of that was uh, that that uh, the amount of information that was released that uh, has to do with, you know, the the CIA, the NSA, all of that stuff.
And so, uh, you know, it, the the vibe continues in the far in, in the far center of uh, things being released, s- specifically for, um, you know, in that in that sort of situation. The um, what the you know, so uh, you know, Julian Julian has been uh, holed up in the uh, Ecuadorian embassy, uh, trying uh, trying like hell to avoid charges in Sweden. Of course, we all all have our opinions on that, including me. Uh, the arrest of uh, Julian is now uh, a priority for the new U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Uh, he has, uh, Jeff Sessions has, uh, re- has reiterated the fact that, uh, the authorities have prepared charges against him. It's kind of, uh, interesting the fact, uh, for the fact that, uh, actually, uh, the current president, uh, was actually praising, uh, Julian Assange, uh, and I quote, he said, I love WikiLeaks, uh, at a rally before he was, uh, before he won the presidency, so that's kind of that's kind of uh, odd that uh, Jeff Sessions is now going after. Him. It's not odd, but you know, it's kind of you know whatever. Uh, Sessions told the uh, told the press recently that it's a priority, and once and for all, they're going to uh, go after Julian Assange. So uh, to quote him, he says, so yes, it is a priority. We've already begun to step up our efforts, and whenever a case can be made, we will seek to put some people in jail, end quote. Uh, Barry Pollack, the, uh, a lawyer for Assange, has said that uh, they're not aware of any imminent prosecution, uh, stating that he, they... Uh, they have had no communication with the Department of Justice and they have not indicated to him that they have brought any charges against Julian. Uh, he also goes to say that they've been unwilling to have any discussions despite the repeated requests that they, uh, you know, that they pretty much let him know what uh, his status is in pending investigations. Uh, it's also known that uh, the U.S. authorities have been investigating Assange and WikiLeaks since the uh, since 2010, when they published all of those cables and shit that put Manning in uh, prison. Uh, and also the CIA director Mike Pompeo said uh, recently, quote, it's time to call out WikiLeaks for what it really is, a non-state hostile intelligence service often abated by state actors like Russia. <laughs> so let me let me rephrase that into regular people's talk. talk. Uh, the current CIA director says that WikiLeaks is doing shit for other people, specifically Russia. Uh, he also... <laughs> He also added that Julian Assange has no First Amendment freedoms. He's, uh, you know, and of course he's holed up in uh, London. He's not a U.S. citizen. 
he goes on to say. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of tricky for uh, U.S. authorities uh, because they can't touch uh, Assange while he remains in the Ecuadorian embassy. Uh, so uh, it's kind of it kind of just, you know, adds another layer of uh, intrigue to an already complicated situation. It's very complicated. And it continues to be that way, e even after all of these years, which is really interesting, extremely interesting. Uh, recently, uh, again, while it's been like four or five weeks since we've done this show and given everybody updates on what really is going on. And since then, of course, uh, the folks over at 2600 have put a $10,000 bounty out for Donald Trump's tax return. Uh, so reading from 2600's website, uh, they go on to say that last year we had a similar offer for then-candidate Trump, one which was only half-serious. Uh, they go on to say that things have since changed. We now have a number of people in positions of great power who apparently feel that, that, that they no longer beholden to the rest of us and can do as they please without consequence. This attitude is nothing new, but the scale of it today is quite unprecedented. There is no law that compels the president to release this information, but being the first in modern history to refuse to do this creates a very unhealthy environment of mistrust and suspicion, one which ultimately hurts us all. And right now, the only thing that we can do, or that we, that right now, the only thing that can begin the healing process, of course, is a good dose of the truth. We need to find it out if there's a liar and cheat in the White House, or if some kind of witch hunt is underway by his detractors. Continuing to withhold information that has traditionally been made public is the stuff of dictatorship, not the society we built, all built and maintained. We all are well aware of our privacy concerns as they relate to the citizens of our country. However, when you assume an incredible position of power, one that literally affects each and every one of you, you, your fellow citizens, some of the privacy previously enjoyed while not in that position winds up being sacrificed. The rest of us know the rest of us know your schedule, who you're talking to, all kinds of general all kinds of personal details from your past and what you're generally up to each day every day this is how the game is played and nobody is forced to be part of it unilaterally changing the rules only invites the casting of aspirations over the person the office and everything related it's a dark road to go down so here's what they're after uh they go on to say we are looking for the complete federal tax returns for donald john trump 721 fifth avenue apartment 66 in new york new york 10022 the returns must be from 2011 2012 2013 2014 or 2015. again folks uh they are offering a uh, bounty for this ten thousand dollars believe any of these will paint a somewhat accurate picture of the president's recent financial filings at the very least, we'll have something as opposed to the blank slate we have now. We are pledging $10,000 to the first person who gets any of these to us, provided that they have not disclosed to any other media outlet or already made public. This offer is only valid while Trump is in office. A number of people have expressed an interest in adding to the bounty to bring this number up to a significantly higher level. We support this, but we want to be clear on a few things. We fully expect negative repercussions as a result of our stand here. 
While we will make every effort to shield anyone else from such actions, please understand that there is always a risk when challenging an authority such as this. We're doing it because we feel obligated to and because we think we might be able to reach people who can reveal the truth. Please only join the effort if you've thought it through completely and carefully. If you want to contribute to the total, we're keeping it really simple. Just email trump at 2600.com and tell us how much you'd be willing to add to the total if our above conditions are met. That's it. You likely will never hear anything from us because we actually believe the chances of someone getting us the documents are fairly slim. However, if we do get them and we verify their authenticity, you will get an email informing you of this and asking you to fulfill your pledge in one of a number of methods which will be disclosed at that time. You can change your mind, but we will not release the documents until the full amount pledged announced is raised so that we're able to fulfill our end of the bargain to the submitter. Right now, that amount is set at $10,000 and we are guaranteeing it. If and when we receive significant amounts of pledges, we will update the figure. The above email address may be used for all communications on this subject. You can use our PGP key below if you want to add a level of security when emailing. The, met the metadata will still be visible, but the not the contents of your email to us. There are already many people emailing that address, so that in itself shouldn't be a cause for concern. But we're deliberately not going to full throttle with anom anonymous because we anonymous <laughs> whatever uh, because we uh, want this to be as simple as possible for many people to participate in the in the blah 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 blah. Go to uh, twenty six hundred. Click on the link. Check it out. They got their PGP shit up there. Uh, and basically they're saying, Hey, we'll offer you 10 grand for Donald Trump's tax returns from back in the day. I don't know. What's that going to take to get Donald Trump's tax returns? Jesus Christ. I feel like I read a book. Uh, listen, <laughs> listen, the latest, uh, <sighs> dropped a smart water. Uh, listen, the latest uh, ISAC annual summit is coming up April 30th through May the 3rd. It's at Walt Disney World. It's in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Uh, it's the uh, whatever annual summit is hosted by the Finance Service Information Sharing and Analysis Center. It's a resource that helps global finance industry share and analyze intelligence dealing with digital and physical threats. Attendees to this event have whatever for whatever, whatever. Uh, they're going to have a former FBI dude and uh, all kinds of other stuff. It, it it's actually looks kind of cool. So uh, if you're in, if you're near Walt Disney World near uh, in April the 30th through May the 3rd, you might want to check that out. It's the uh, ISAC Annual Summit. You can reach them at some long ass website. So you might want to just Google it. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I've been a hacker for a long time since the mid eighties. And well, as a kid, I used to play with red boxes and blue boxes. And, uh, you know, uh, before I was a, uh, computer hacker, I was a telephone freak. And even, uh, as I started, even over the years, I, I, I continued, well, 
still a telephone freak, but back in the day, you had blue boxes and red boxes and all that shit. Are you old enough to remember that? Are you a hacker that's old enough to remember that? So if you are a phone freak or a hacker from the old school like me, uh, you'll be well aware of a dude named John Draper. Uh, John Draper actually was uh, instrumental. <laughs> you know, there probably wouldn't be an Apple computer company today if it wasn't for John Draper. Uh, and many other computer companies for that matter. Uh, and so what John Draper did, he was known as Captain Crunch back in the day. Why? I told this story a zillion times. Back in the 70s, uh, Captain Crunch had a little toy whistle that came in the cereal box. And uh, the whistle actually blew a, a specific tone that was relative at that time to the phone company's uh, actual testing circuits. So you could take a telephone, a pay telephone, uh, blow the whistle and uh, be able to make a call. And uh, so he was able to understand that concept and build a device that generated those tones. Hence the blue box, red box. And again, uh, people like Steve Jobs were, were fascinated by red boxes and blue boxes and uh, a, a lot of other people, you know, even Bill Gates. And uh, so, in jo you know, uh, John, John did not, uh, John was unable to uh, shoot to fame and glory like uh, those guys. Uh, John actually lives a, a, a self-contained, modest life. He just uh, finished a book. And uh, if, from my understanding, he'll be at DEF CON this year. And uh, if you donate like a grand to his uh, fund, oh, I didn't speak of that yet, but uh, you, you'll have the opportunity to sit with the captain. If he's able to uh, sit up in a couple months, uh, so nevertheless, um, the the uh, captain, you know, he's affectionately called the captain by all, all of us old phone freakers. Uh, he is facing some. Uh, he faced some serious surgery uh, on March twenty eighth. Uh, it, it involved three incisions uh, to where basically uh, he replaced his back or spine. Or, and, uh, he, so he went in for surgery, and, and thankfully he was able to make it uh, through. Uh, and just a little update from him. He was discharged from uh, rehab yesterday. He says he's bedridden, but uh, he, he, you know, he, can't, uh, he can't move that much. So, uh, don't, you know, so what has happened is his, uh, his family uh, and friends um, set up a GoFundMe page to uh, keep everybody uh, informed along with his Facebook page. You know, now he's not able to update it. He's got a friend doing it because uh, again, from my understanding, the captain is kind of, you know, bit laid up, but nevertheless, uh, I beg and plead with you. If you're listening to the show and you've never heard of the captain uh, to find his uh, GoFundMe page and uh, shoot, you know, shoot some money over to him for his uh, rehabilitation efforts um and, you know 10 20 bucks here and there uh and it'll be well deserved for someone who is is a legend and a pioneer in the business his name is john draper do some research on him and you'll find out and you know again you know if it wasn't for uh the captain you wouldn't be listening this to this podcast right now you'd probably be still playing compact discs no, you probably, who knows, you probably wouldn't even be doing that. You'd probably be listening to cassette tapes. So uh, go support the captain, please. Please. 
you know, so I, I you know, <laughs> you know, I, one of the things that I was doing while I was riding around in pain for uh, two weeks is I was actually able, my iPod kept me company. I was so thankful for that. And uh, it was like every every time, uh, you know, there would be, you know, it was like it seemed like every few seconds uh, there would be a news story coming up about a Russian hacker, a Russian hacker. It seems to be that seems to be the keyword to, in today's media these days and ages. Russian hacker, Russian election tampering, uh, Russian this, Russian that. So. Uh, never before has relations between the United States and Russia been so edgy. And North Korea, North Korea, man, they're they're really ripping. Uh, they're really there's a lot of rhetoric going on over there too. But I don't want to get into that. Uh, a new kind of uh, highly customized ransomware uh, recently discovered by security researchers allows individual criminals to deliver ransomware as a service. So, um, for about $175, now you can carry out ransomware attacks. They even have customer support. That is uh, crazy. You could... You in some underground markets, uh, you can buy ransomware attacks. Yeah, it comes complete with a dashboard, <laughs> and uh, you—it's—it's uh, it's kind of silly. They, uh, it, you know, you could you can rate your ransomware vendor. Uh, you know, I'm not going to really talk too much about that or tell you where to get it uh, because ransomware. I, I think it's really. Um, it's really some scumbaggy kind of shit. And if you're doing that, uh, well, then you're a fucking scumbag. How's that? Uh, and, and you know you are. That's why you feel bad when I say that. Uh, the uh, in, uh, in jumping stories, uh, John McAfee uh, says that uh, brought up a good question. And it's something that I never thought about. So, you know, the big push this day and age is AI, right? Everybody's talking about AI, AI this, AI that. Uh, don't let AI do this and that and the other. Uh, and there's, there's uh, you know, there's screams from both aisles, both sides of the aisle, actually. You know, the the uh, one side of the aisle is, is uh, you know, pushing for complete autonomy with AI, while the other side of the aisle is, is more uh, taking more of a cautious approach, basically wanting, a keep, wanting to keep a glass lid on AI until it's fully understood and its potential. And so John McAfee, the, the grand inventor of the uh, famous antivirus software, you know, the guy that hood, that was running, literally running and live streaming that shit uh, it, while he was in Belize. He was running from uh, the authorities. <laughs> The authorities and finally was able to make it back to the United States, avoiding some some serious charges down in Belize. So he brought up a good point. He said, you know, hey, uh, what if artificial intelligence hacks itself? So basically what he's saying, you know, is what if AI can fix, you know, once once you let the cat out, out of the bag uh, with artificial intelligence, it's there's no going back. And he brought up, and it was an interesting point of view, and I'm sure some theologists, <laughs> philosophers have thought of this, but uh, what if AI hacks itself? What if AI actually takes itself and improves itself? Now, wouldn't that be something to behold? 
Uh, and uh, it's it's kind of interesting. There there are actually talks uh, coming up in uh, a lot of the cons about that, about AI and, and the potentials of uh, distrust and disusage. Uh, and normally, I don't I don't speak about uh, you know hackers getting uh, you know pinched and, and sent to, to jail, but this was an interesting one. Uh, and, and so uh, lately, and the reason that, that it's interesting is that it seems that uh, this young man is the son of a uh, of a diplomat, a Russian diplomat, or uh, that uh, was expelled from the country, uh, but nevertheless. Uh, and I believe, and hopefully I'm getting this right, but uh, Roman Seleznev, known as Track 2, was described by prosecutors uh, as a not prolific thief, but a pioneer who helped create a thriving market for stolen credit card data that exists today. Uh, according to the New York Times, his sentence is the longest ever handed down for hacking in the United States. It follows a conviction in August of last year. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he is, he's the son of Russian, uh, parliamentary, uh, a parliament, uh, member, Vladimir Putin ally, Valery Seslanev. Uh, Russian officials described Roman, uh, Seslanev's 2014, uh, arrest in the Maldives as, uh, a kidnapping. And Seslanev's, uh, scheme basically centered on so-called point-of-sale systems which he infected with malware the malware would harvest credit card data and upload it to servers controlled by Seslanev. uh ars technica pointed out that uh Se that seattle was also the home to several of the businesses Seslanev uh attacked one the broadway grill was a staple of seattle's uh lgb community and went out of business in 2013 in part because of the uh, credit card fraud attributed to Seslanev. So uh, 20, 27 years, that's a long time uh, to go down uh, for some hacker stuff, but that's uh, exactly what happened. And, you know, I, it's, you know, it'd be fair to say, not only say that uh, Seslanev was uh, made, uh, you know, they made an example out of him, but also the, you know, the malware that he was able to write and distribute into POS machines was uh, quite unique and quite interesting. And we actually spoke of, I actually spoke about that last year when I was warning people to be careful of using their, uh, their debit cards in uh, gas pump machines. But nevertheless, when one goes, three more stand up. So it's like playing whack-a-mole. And again, as I said, once the cat's out of the bag, you're going to, you know, there's no going back. So be vigilant with your uh, credit cards, your data, your wallet. Use RF shields on your wallets uh, and try to be careful where you use credit card, uh, where you use your credit card, especially in gas pumps. Make sure that your passenger door is locked, of course, and, and make sure that you guard your, your, your belongings when you step out to use the pump. And also just kind of, you know, look, examine the pump before you put your card in it. Look look around. Does does it, something not look right? I mean, does something just look weird? What I usually do is I will grab the side of the card uh, reader and kind of jiggle it a little and see what's going on there. So maybe perhaps that should be a little point of knowledge for you as well. Uh, and one last thing, uh, you know, again, this, this, that CIA leak. 
uh, was a real big thing. Uh, and there was another uh, set of people calling themselves the Shadow Brokers. It's probably just one guy or, or girl. Uh, and um, they said that uh, the, the latest... Uh, <laughs> This latest leak, uh, it was it, it was another C NSA or CIA sort of situation, and it's called Double Pulsar, and it's been used recently to attack uh, more than 100,000 Windows machines. Uh, researchers say that the, uh, double, the Double Pulsar has been designed to provide attackers with a secret backdoor access to Windows systems. Our uh, researchers with cybersecurity firm uh, Below Zero Day reported conduct... Uh, I reportedly conducted an internal web uh, wide scan to determine how many Windows systems may be vulnerable to double Pulsar. They found that nearly 5.5 million systems with port 445 exposed to external connections are all are vulnerable to the recently leaked alleged NSA exploits. Close port 445. Uh, in case uh, they haven't already installed patches uh, issued out by Microsoft's uh, Blah blah blah. So you know, update your computer. You won't have to deal with shit like that. Uh, again, you know, it's it's been an interesting few weeks. I do apologize for not uh, doing coming and doing the show. Everyone, every everybody here in the studio as well. Uh, and and again, I will, I'll definitely be back. Maybe I'll be back next week to do another show just to kind of catch up on things. But if not, I'll be back in two weeks. Uh, and, uh, you know, tr just try to get out, enjoy, uh, j enjoy life. There's more to life than what, what you think. And it's good to be back. It really is. It's good to see everybody here. It's good to see every It was good to see everybody last week. And again, I'm looking forward to a wonderful week, seeing everybody even more. And uh, you can you, you can reach out to me if you wish. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, twitter.com forward slash gubbo xxx. We're everywhere, hackers.xxx. We're on iTunes, search for hackers. We're on uh, TuneIn, search for hackers. Just search for hackers wherever you go. You'll see the logo and you'll, you'll be able to catch the show. Uh, and again, you can email me at gummo at hackers.xxx. And uh, again, I wanted to say uh, thank you for listening and being a listener. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do more than what we can. Uh, and again, uh, comes commercial free, no commercials, no ads, no advertisements. I had a friend of mine that wanted me to advertise her uh, CBD business, but uh, I don't think that would be appropriate on this show. But uh, nevertheless, if, uh, if anybody's looking for CBD edibles, let me know. <laughs> on Twitter, of course, I'll send you to her site. She's a wonderful uh, CBD expert. Uh, and again, uh, try to do what you can. Uh, smile. Use your skills for something good. Not bad. Trust me, you'll make more money doing the good stuff than the bad stuff. Uh, thank you again to all my friends, family, colleagues, uh, and you, the listener, for the support while I was down and out. <laughs> and a special shot to Jim W. and his family. Thank you, Jim, for understanding what the hell I was going through while I was out. Uh, again, uh, we'll be back in either a week or two, depending on my mood. See how it swings. Until then, folks, keep swinging. We're out of here. It's uh, it's spring. Why are you inside? Get out of here. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Another day has passed me by And there's an island in the sun To see me through Another day in paradise
There's a time 